This conversation was recorded on January 25th, 2020. It's a sled, he's dead. The box contains his wife's head. Vader's his father, they're allergic to water. She's his sister and her daughter. You watched it wrong. Okay, so revisions from our previous list. Yes. What changes would you like to make? I have four. I think I said I... three, and then I thought of another one. Well, I've already said one, the um, the action scene. Oh, which so one? You changed, oh, to, oh, yeah. I'm, to I'm, I'm putting the Hawkeye, now, I should use their real names because it's such a personal <laughs> moment. Clint and to Natasha battling mm-hmm. to see who will sacrifice themselves mm-hmm. for the Soul Stone. I'm putting that in my top three. Right now I have it in number one position just because of the emotional stakes. I, I think I think my action scenes say the same. Okay. I, I think I think my superhero now would you count Nebula as a superhero or a non super good guy? Oh no, she's definitely super. There you go. Now as much as I love Nebula, I think I would still think my superhero category stays the same. She hasn't, she hasn't spent enough time as a hero to It's true. Maybe earn it. I don't well, I don't know if that's fair. But I think my top three non-action scenes, I believe I'm going to um, put, I think they're, I think my number two is going to shift to number four, which was the discussion to sign the Sokovia Accords. Brave Enough For You will move up to number one because that just feels better. Uh, no, my number two, sorry. No, sorry, take that which back. I'm oh, sorry. Which take, one's number? Basically, I have number three, Brave Enough For You from Captain America First Avenger. The grenade, okay. the test Then number two is the discussion to sign the Kovia, Sokovia Accords from Civil War and the dad talk being number one from Spider-Man Homecoming. I think okay. I'm going to move out the discussion of the Sokovia Accords, keep brave enough for you at number three, move the dad talk to number two. And because okay. I think my favorite non-action scene is I think my favorite scene in all of Endgame was um, Happy and Morgan on the porch. Aww. Mine, uh, it's not in my top three, but the contender is uh, uh, Tony saying goodnight to Morgan. Yeah, that... (laughs) I just just love that scene so much. I do too. I love that. that, 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 uh, That's a beautiful scene. I, I I had that listed in my things too, but just that, the juice pops and then the... His reaction to her "I love you 3,000" is way. Wow, I can't, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's on. To be honest, it's his performance there is better than the writing. Because "I love you 3,000" isn't all that great. <laughs> but his, his reaction, resp- his reaction is, is. I hope that's his Oscar clip. Actually, <laughs> I do too. That's his best moment in yeah. a movie full of great moments. Delivered yeah. by Robert Downey Jr. That's his best one it's because one. he's evolved as a person, but he hasn't changed at all. <laughs> because he's affect- the- he's so affected by that, but then he ends it with, go to sleep or I'll sell all your toys. Yeah. <laughs> and it comes out. I love and that. she knows exactly how to take that. And she knows exactly right? how to take it. Yeah. yeah. It's a beautiful scene. I love scene. that scene so much. Beat yeah. by beat, perfect. And then come out going, "Hey, I don't want to brag; it's not a competition." But she loves me three thousand. You're in the low six to nine hundred. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's so great. But yeah, I, I, if if I want to spontaneously cry, I'll just think about cheeseburgers. You know, your dad liked cheeseburgers. I want to get you all the cheeseburgers you want. <laughs> Makes me want to. Oh boy, here I go. Yeah. Yeah, where'd they find that little girl? She was great. She was beat perfect. Every frame she was on the screen, yeah. she was perfect. Oh, another, yeah. You found this in the garage? They had the little, the little, the scene when you introduce her, a blanket hut out there in the yard where she's got the rescue helmet on. Wearing the helmet that will, yeah. setting up pepper pots. Yeah. Uh, making an unlikely appearance <laughs> in a prominent role in the, in the big final battle. All her. Well, I guess she had been extremist powered for a while, and might know a little bit of fighting. Yeah. <laughs> seemed she just seemed more comfortable in the suit than I would have guessed. Right. Yeah. Me too. Um, I understand. I given did... her last her appearance on screen, she was extremely reluctant to see Tony try to save the world. <laughs> well. I don't think she was that reluctant. She just knew it was going to happen. She was but. complaining that he wasn't coming home for dinner. Oh, oh, in Infinity War. Right, 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 right. Yeah, in Infinity War. Right. You get off that ship. But I did really love the line. That's something I'm making for mommy. No, mommy never wears anything I buy her anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I really love that. That was a good scene, too. I like the scene on the porch uh, between uh, all of them talking. And for some reason, I really liked... I guess I'm just, if you'd hear him talk about anything else, I, I, I would, because I love, I really am glad to see you all. I really am. You're, the, 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 something about him saying the table's set for six, so you can stay as long as you don't talk shop. Yeah. There was just something yeah. so real about that. Well written and, and well right. delivered. Yeah. And well delivered. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. I'm going to revise my best movies. Mm hmm. Top three. I Iron Man is still number three, although I had to revisit that. I'm not sure. I'm not touching that. I'm bumping Avengers out. I'm bumping Avengers out of my top three. Okay. Endgame gets the number two slot. What was number one again? Spider-Man Homecoming. Number one is still Spider-Man yeah. Homecoming. The stakes are smaller. I tend to like the same with comic books. I liked comic books where the stakes were smaller, better. Yeah. I like the street level stories better than the cosmic stories. Yeah, me too. I love. And, uh, and Endgame, you know, we've talked about it's it's what's great about it. We haven't talked enough about what's great about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but it it's definitely has its flaws. I'll get to another one uh, later in this <laughs> podcast. But but Spider-Man: Homecoming, I just can't find a flaw in it. Mm. I really can't. The the only thing that like starts to bother me about it is uh, Spider-Man having a high-tech suit, but it's okay. Yeah. It's not terrible. It doesn't like throw me off. It doesn't make me not it enjoy adds, the movie. It it's adds just, like, more than it detracts. It's like this seems unnecessary. It gives him another challenge. Like he can't take out people he should be able to take out easily because now he's dealing with malfunctioning. Web shooters and 
whatnot, and uh, it's okay. It's but it's not really a flaw. It's just kind of different. Whereas Endgame has definite flaws and like moments that mm-hmm. took me out of the movie. Um, uh, for all of its for all of its towering, soaring heights, um, it did have those, and I just I just can't pick Spider-Man apart the same way. So Spider-Man's still my number one. Gotcha. I think my movies are revised too. I honestly don't have that list in front of me. I don't remember what I said, but I'm assuming <laughs> it was Captain America: Winter Soldier first, then yes. Avengers: Infinity War, and then I'm not sure what my number three I said before is. Um, I think I'm going to change it's. I don't know how fair this amendment's going to be. I'm not sure how fair it is, but I think Captain Winter Soldier staying number one. Endgame is number two, and Infinity War is number three. I still okay. love Infinity War so much, and so I, I don't know. I think that's where it's so going to Infinity War is number three. I think that's how it's going to work now. Well, there's a good point for me to, to say something that I've been thinking about, which is um, I, w- I was really surprised after seeing Endgame uh, at how like quiet most of the movie was and how mm. little action there really was in the movie for especially if you're being a three hour one minute movie a that was talking about much a 356 million dollar budget yeah. movie <laughs> yeah it was talked about a lot um yeah. uh around the dinner table is how the movie was three hours and one minute and i'm like guys guys boys this movie's three hours and one minute long it's like they couldn't even cut it down to three hours they're like okay <laughs> let's just Let's just cut a minute and have a nice even three hours. Let's just cut the worst minute. And they couldn't. The worst minute was too good to cut. That's how good this movie is going to be. Right. And like, like, and, and also the fact that a lot of it is slow and takes its time, and yet it's all essential. It moves. It, it, it does not feel like I've been there three hours, but it feels like I've got three hours worth of movie. And it's more contemplative, yeah. con- contemplative. How do you say that? Part one, like Infinity, if you think of Infinity War and Endgame as like parts one and parts two of the same movie, then uh, part one is like chock full of action. It's got like ridiculous amounts of great action scenes in it. Mm-hmm. And then part two is really more about dealing with aftermaths of things and uh, dealing with consequences of things. And it's more introspective. Um, right. And it reminds me, oh, it's like Kill Bill. Where, where Kill Bill was just like wall-to-wall action, and then you get to Volume Two, and it's like, oh, this one's this one's just gonna have lots of conversations about samurai movies and Superman. Uh, <laughs> oh, but also like other stuff too. Uh, so it didn't, you know. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 they they were constructed differently, but it reminded me of Kill Bill. It's like, oh, it's like kind of a real gear shift in the middle of this yeah. uh, saga to a slower pace. Anyway, just an observation. <laughs> okay, best supervillains. I'm putting Thanos number one now. I, mm. I, there was less of him in this one. I liked Josh Brolin. That's his name, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I like Josh Brolin's performance even better in this one than in Infinity War. Ah. Um, I thought. I thought I thought his in the final battle scene and and the build up to it the immediately immediate build up to it I, I just thought his line deliveries were so great and really 
Like this guy knows, this guy knows he's gonna kill half the universe. It's gonna go wrong. He's gonna die. He's like, well, I'm still fucking doing it anyway. Yeah, he goes. This is my des. This is destiny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like he makes you know compare that to like Ronan the Accuser, the way that character yeah. is written and acted in now two movies. Like similar like fanaticism. And completely different ends of the spectrum in terms of like how much depth is yeah. brought to that fanaticism and how compelling of an on-screen presence they are, you know. Yeah, and, and, um, and one of them is just an uh, 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 a, 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 a semaculum of his of his. It's not even. I'm I'm sorry. I, I was going to say one of them. It's not even his face. <laughs> You know, one of the actors does a better performance, and it's not even his real face. Right, right. <laughs> like and just how much right. Josh Brolin says with his face when Captain Marvel destroys his ship. Yeah. And he sees, you know, and yeah, uh, the it's... dawning realization that, wait, I don't have the stones. Wait, he just snapped his fingers. Wait a minute. Yeah. This is it's all gone wrong. Like that, like dawning realization. He doesn't have to yeah. say anything, and he says like a thousand words. His performance is so great, um, and he's just such a titanic villain. Um, he gets my number one. Yeah. Over Vulture. I, Crossbones gets knocked out because he just can't. So my, my top three are Thanos, Vulture, Loki, just because I love uh, – Crossbones I found really compelling, and I just wanted to get him in the top three as yeah. much as a <laughs> conversation piece as anything else. <laughs> so I didn't, right. didn't want, I didn't want a completely predictable top three, but um, I did, can't justify it anymore. Yeah. I think Thanos stays at my number one. He's, it's, yeah. You're right. Josh Brolin is, uh, he's not spoken about, about how good he is in either, either of these movies. I guess they just write it off to being CG, but he's there on set. It's his face making, it's his performance. He's great. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I don't think I have any other changes. I think that's pretty much it. Okay, me. great. Well, let's let's enter the home stretch of this episode, Wade. Yeah, and the culmination of all of our thing I set up at the beginning almost three hours ago. Has uh, it really been? Good God! Uh, set up the end. This this is now the end of the part. This is part three, and it's let's it's do gonna, it. it's going to be long. It's just two categories. Here we go. This <laughs> two categories are going to bang these out. Okay. All right. Lines so, of dialogue. Our favorite lines of dialogue. Top three and bottom three. Let's do the top three lines of dialogue. I'll go with number one because I talk about him a lot. It's Drax saying, nothing goes over my head. <laughs> my reflexes are too quick. I would catch it. I think about this line of dialogue at least once a week. <laughs> I would catch it. <laughs> it's the it's the moment where Drax arrives right. as a character. Yeah. And like like, oh this gray guy's gonna be boring. This gray guy is awesome. <laughs> you know, that's my experience <laughs> watching him say that line and like what's the next thing he's gonna say? Right. You know. That's great. Okay. That's it. What did you wait, you said number that was your number one? That's my number three. Oh number three, I'm sorry. My number three is um, from Captain America, the first Avenger. It's uh, 
it's Zola being interrogated by Tommy Lee Jones. And when he says, uh, Tom, when he says that his goal is to take over the world, and Tommy Lee Jones says, well, that's, you know, that's, that's crazy, right? And Zola says, this is the line, the sanity of the purpose of, is of no consequence. Why not? Because he can do it. That gives me chills. That power justifies. That it's like, it doesn't matter if it's crazy or not, if it's not acceptable. He can do it. And that's what. Might makes right. Yeah. Uh, Minor, my lines of dialogue are going to be much more shallow than yours. Because they're just (laughs) the ones that I keep thinking about over and over again and give me joy. Um, Okay. My number two is. Anyone on our side have any shocking, fantastic <laughs> powers they'd like to disclose? Yeah, that's that's wonderful. Because it's it's my number two contender for the MCU in a nutshell. Right. Is <laughs> my number one is my number one contender yeah. for that. But it's just the okay. We just saw a guy grow to giant size for the first time on screen. Um, we're all super people, right? I I just remembered. <laughs> I just remembered that we're all superheroes. <laughs> See what else? Because <laughs> I got so used to being around superheroes, yeah. I forgot that we were you know? actually. Yeah. And now I just saw a giant man. <laughs> <laughs> it's a beautiful line. And to me, that's just the MCU. It's just like yeah. we're. I'm hanging with my buddies. I'm fighting with my friends. Oh well, shit! <laughs> a giant guy. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's great. My number two is also from Captain America, the first Avenger. Um, that was, well, I mean, yours from Civil War, by the way. But uh, is Captain America, is this one to me is Captain America in a nutshell? Just um, in, is, I don't like bullies. I don't care where they're from. That's a great line. Yeah. That's, that could have been my number one, except. I only remembered it because you quote it so much. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I, I was hoping that would be in your top three. Yeah, it's it's my Facebook banner okay. just because. My number one. All right. Oh yeah, yeah. No, no, Anything no, no. else you want to say about nope, it? Nope, nope. Okay. It speaks for itself. My number one. Same thing. This is just if you could describe what makes the MCU work for me in one sentence, it's. He's from space. He came here to steal a necklace from a wizard. <laughs> yeah, I love that line. I love that line with all my heart. <laughs> when I was hoping that he would get a nomination for Infinity War, I was kind of hoping that would be the Oscar clip. <laughs> <laughs> he is from space. He's here to steal a necklace. It's great. Like, just no more questions. It's weird. We have a job to do. Right. Like, let's, <laughs> let's just do our job right now. That's great. My number one, I and I don't care what you say. Mine is a tie. Uh, well then, and oh, it God. might be a it might be. So a, that means your number two is third. And come on, Wade. Because <laughs> I do love, um, I do love. I'm gonna get you all the cheeseburgers you want, but I haven't included that on this or the next category, which I probably should, but. Yeah. I'm still emotionally dealing with that one. But I think my favorite line, and actually I think it was done better in the trailer, is from Avengers Endgame, is Tony 
making his recording to Pepper Potts and saying, when I drift off, I will dream about you. It's always you. That's, that's my favorite line. And if I could tie it to something else, it would be uh, Hannibal Buress as the gym coach in, in, in Spider-Man Homecoming after playing the uh, Captain America uh, video saying, pretty sure, sure this guy's a war criminal now, but I got to show this video. It's required by the state. Let's go. <laughs> so that's that's. If I I want to tie those two lines. Those are my two favorite lines. <laughs> okay, bottom three, worst three lines of dialogue in the well, MCU. Well, since I got the 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 last slot on this one, I'll, I'll go first. You can get the last slot on this. Okay. One. Um, uh, my number three is um, it. You'll see a theme between all these actually. Okay. But um is it broke my heart to put that tumor in her head. <laughs> That's uh, Kurt's ego from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I just, I, thought, I just thought that the reveal of his, him being the one that killed his mom was just so clumsy. I really didn't like it. It I might cheap have to, Yeah. It cheap it, yeah. It's supposed to, it feels like it's supposed to be shocking in how blasé he is about it to show that he doesn't fully understand humans, I think. I think that was the intent. But okay. it, it really, uh, it really just bugged me. I forgot about that. Yeah, good choice. Um, okay, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going old school with my number three. It's Ironmonger. I'm loving the suit. Because <laughs> it's, you know, Obadiah Stane, he's in my top three for favorite non-super villains for right. a reason. is because once he turns super, he just becomes such a cliche. It, it doesn't, yeah. and he stops making sense to me as a character. Like he's, yeah. he's a guy who is cunning and crafty and like is, takes care not to get his hands dirty and... Uh, and if it was a story about how he had never planned to be the one in the suit, but, you know, because of this emergency, like, he has to get in it to, to break himself out of the vault, strangely echoing Tony Stark doing the same thing in a cave. I never even thought about that. Right? Wow. Well, because the film yeah. doesn't actually do that, right? Oh. Like, it could have. It could have told that story. And now that he's in the suit, like, I find that I just can't resist the power. Or, like... I wasn't going to get in the suit, but I see it there and I can't resist the power of getting in it. Like Tony, Tony is, gets in the suit because he's feels pulled to do good. I get in the suit because I'm pulled to do, to feel power, just to seize, the, yeah. just to seize the power. Right. Right. Something like that. But it's, it, it's not that it's it like register, we get a, yeah. a quick cutaway where you see Jeff Bridges weirdly sprinting and you don't know why. And like, Oh wait, he's, he went to get in the suit and now like I'm scary guy like it's it, it, it just doesn't it's so it thins the character out uh, in a way that had seemed like complex and rich uh, before and uh, they just don't know how to like render that character anymore in the writing yeah. and so that that was first time I saw it and every time I see Iron Man it's it's like comes to a head when he gives that line. It's like he should be saying something about 
how it feels to be in the suit or what it means to be in the suit or something other than just I'm just loving the suit. Like it just doesn't it doesn't yeah. express I never I never minded this line so much, but a friend of mine this is an intonation game thing too. I think a friend of mine always did an impression of how much he hated the line where he, echoing what you're saying, but hated the line where he goes, Tony, you made this suit and I'm gonna kill you with it. Yeah. <laughs> like, just like there's something Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well Your my, number two. My number two I've actually already said on this uh podcast already today, um, is and don't get sucked into a time vortex. We won't be able to help you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> just throw that in you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of that Brian Regan joke. About how he says, my doctor told me to lay off dairy right when I was leaving the office. He just kind of threw that in. Like, I was walking out the door, and he's like, oh, and lay off dairy. What? It's like he could have just said, oh, and no more happiness. <laughs> what? Like, it's what it felt like. Oh, and no more happiness. So I just, it, that felt clumsy to me because I go, I knew that was what the next movie was going to hang its hat on. And I went, oh, no. Uh, All right. <laughs> okay. My number two. Uh, is from Endgame, and it's, there's beer on the ship. <laughs> when, when did Rocket become Edith? <laughs> from Edith Bunker. There's beer on the <laughs> ship. Okay, okay no. so. Uh, it sounded like Edith. Uh, we're not supposed to be judging my <laughs> last yeah. second, not considered attempt to, to do a Rocket impression. But. I also didn't like that scene suddenly becoming an 80s right, right. comedy. I, I kind of I wasn't fully on board with Fat Thor as a as a, like a comic device, right. and like Drunk Thor is a thing. I'm like I I, I get it. I, I, was, I was fine with it. I liked it better the second time I saw the movie. But when when they're trying to convince him how to get on, like I'm like they're not going to tell him that there's beer <laughs> in the ship, is. and then Rocket says. There's beer in the ship. And then I thought, well, that's not going to work. And they had to think of it. Right. And then it works. And I'm like, oh. I, it's like such a lazy choice. Yeah. It felt – if it didn't sell why he actually went with them because it sounded to me like he was – he wasn't saying it as an illegitimate like try to get him on board. He was trying to tell him you're, a, you're an ass. You know, it sounded like, is that what's is that what it's going to take to get you on the board on the things? And then he, you're so driven just by these petty stuff, and then he he accepts. And I, yeah, I I wanted, um, I I felt like the 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 '80s style gag wasn't worthy enough to get him to move the story. It should have been more like the the, the moment when he when Thor wants to put on the glove. When Thor wants to do the snap, and everyone's like, "No, no, no, no! You're you yeah. you, you are no condition to do it." But he's like, "Please let me do something good." <laughs> he, he needs yeah, a chance he needs to, to, heal, to heal, right? So he thinks. But instead, we're presented with he goes with them because he literally <laughs> drank all the beer in New Ragnarok, New Asgard, or uh, New right, Asgard. Exactly, he literally drank it all. Yeah. So again, it's just. A moment that thins. Yeah, it it does disservice to Thor. It like thins out his motivations. It does disservice to Rocket. Like he should yeah. have a better 
a more clever solution to this problem. Right. Like if he had, oh yeah, I it's... still got a remote for your eye. <laughs> something. I don't know. Some, no, something. something. It could be a cheesy gag, whatever. But that, not that, not something so obvious yeah. and cliche because, and because dated. He and... could have, if if that was what it took to get Thor, who wanted nothing, who just wanted to lick his wounds and 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 stay away from the thing that scares him. They might as well have just had Rocket open a beer and go, come on, let's come to the ship, Thor, and like, lead him like a trail of fucking M&Ms out to the, to the, to the thing, because that's what it, it felt like. You know, and that at least would right. have been a visual gag, right. maybe. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. That, that was unfortunate. Yeah, that's the, for me, that's a low mm-hmm. point in that movie, and uh, there's so many points of, like, Clever writing, or just like serviceably, even the dumb parts of that movie yeah. are j- enjoyable. I complain about the the time heist parts. Oh, I yeah. still enjoyed them. I'm just like, okay, this is dumb. I, I, but I it's like fun, to see uh, you know? um, Robert Redford again. That was nice. That, and I, but uh, that that movie was the low point. Yeah, the it was laziest, lazy, very lazy writing I, for me. Just quick aside, I want to know what how that quote unquote scene ended. In the gold timeline, how, without the intervention of of the, the time travelers, like, how did they get the tesseract away from from Alexander Pierce? Because they didn't take it. You remember, they Thorian did take it and took Loki back to Asgard. So, how did that play out? In initially, I don't know. Maybe they just said, "Get away! <laughs> I have a hammer." <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Maybe they, maybe they yeah. had a lawsuit. Maybe they went to court. <laughs> well, Tony would have, you know, Tony would have been like, well, it's like you let this other thing take away the most powerful, destructive thing. There could have been some legal consequences there. Yeah, maybe. All right. Um, my number one worst line was from Captain America Civil War. It's... Ant-Man being told that the, if he goes along with them, they'll be on, they'll be outside the law on this one. And he goes, eh, well, what else is new? The reason I hate that line so much, and it's somewhat forgivable because, again, I think this might have been another case where either Ant-Man was, had just started shooting or they hadn't, it predated the movie or rather the writers hadn't figured out how to get that voice because the other movie didn't exist yet when they were making it. So I think, or maybe that's not the case, I don't know. But I think uh, Ant-Man had gone through his entire movie and his only big thing was to not, was to now stay out of jail so he could be, take care of his daughter and be there for his daughter. That was everything. And so then yeah. the, he goes to Europe and they say, you might be you're going to have to the law on this one. It could be very dangerous. He's like, yeah, who cares? <laughs> it's like that's totally against <laughs> everything Ant-Man is now for. <laughs> right. So what do I got what to do? Do I, got I don't to know, lose? daughter, that you just spent a whole time trying to re, you know, fight for the validation to be part of her life. You know, that. So, yeah, that that's... That was just sad. I would have thought Paul Rudd would have at least, you know, fought for that a little bit more. And I love Paul. Nothing against Paul Rudd. I love the Dickens out of that guy. But uh, I would have thought he at least kind of went, well, you know, this kind of is at odds with the thing we're doing. All right. 
my number one worst line of dialogue. This is one that gets quoted a lot in my house. <laughs> See if you can name the movie. Do you think me a piece of bread that I must be buttered so heavily? No, I can't name that movie. That, that's oh, Odin in Thor The Dark World. Do you think me... Do you think me a piece of bread that I must be buttered so heavily? <laughs> like, okay, Shakespearean. We got to make this sound Shakespearean. Uh, okay. Uh, first draft. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like a I high school. I am in the middle of Odin it. stink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. Yeah, nice, nice try <laughs> nice at elevated uh, English there. You still in a wild store, a reference to a cobbler. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Now we're on to our final category. Let's talk moments. What are your top three moments? Uh, I've this, this was a hard one to narrow down because there are so many moments. Yeah. There's so many moments. <laughs> Um, and I didn't even try to choose one from Endgame because I just can't. There's so many wonderful little moments in that movie. I couldn't. I have I one. I couldn't even. I mean, other than the cheeseburger scene, but I didn't know if that would be a line, a scene, or a movie, or moment. So. Well, that's for me, that's a okay. line. Well, it's or a scene. scene. It's short. I'm doing, doing moments, which now. are just like okay. moments. All right. I'm doing visuals here. All right. Okay, I'm gonna allow myself four because I I'm gonna I had I had a hard, hard time picking okay. my top three before and now well, I got to choose one from. Then I'm gonna allow myself four too. Uh... <laughs> okay, all right. Um, I uh, alluded to it before. This is my number four. Uh, it's uh, this is Giant Man, the first Giant Man appearance mm. in Captain America: Civil War. Mm -hmm. It's the camera work. Yeah. When he, when he grows big. And uh, I should have watched the shot again, so I'm just mm. going from from memory. But the camera work of where like the camera's like a, it's it's doing like this weird wavy camera move it's never done before, and it's like exaggerated so that the background relative to him is moving differently. It's like just the subtlety of like the camera mm. work on that shot is conveying the perspective better than anything else in the visual is. It's the camera yeah. move that sells the enormity of his size and how disorienting it is to be for both him to be growing that big and to be in proximity to someone who's that big. Yeah. Cause he's, it's just that yeah. first, that first moment on his face with the helmet, with his eyes real big. Whoa. And like, Whoa, this guy's big. Yeah. It's, it's that moment is just like, ah, it like sells that moment so well. Yeah, it, it is. It's a marvel. Nice. That's it. It's, like, All right. it's two seconds yeah. of, of Well, that's film. what most of these things are. These moments are supposed to be. My, yeah. my uh, number four favorite moment is uh, Valkyrie's entrance in Thor Ragnarok. First time you see her when she exits the plane, drink, drinks a bottle, tosses, she's walking all cool down the ramp, and then she just kind of goes off the side and falls off the ramp. <laughs> <laughs> it's a beautiful pratfall. Because <laughs> she's like, oh, this is the person who can drink all the stuff and not even show. But no, she feels it. She's like, 
<laughs> oh, it was a beautiful comic moment. I loved it so much. Ah, uh, okay. Great choice. Uh, my number three, Okoye throwing a spear through an SUV, <laughs> through his engine block, and then, like, pinning it to the ground and flipping it. Ah. Uh. You know, uh a, a top contender that didn't make it into my top lines of dialogue was guns so primitive. When <laughs> right. she and then she throws her spear through a fucking SUV <laughs> through its engine block and flips it with her spear. How awesome uh, is that? I love a car yeah. so much. <laughs> Me too. It's such a great. It's like the best like action beat. I. I... Uh, at the MCU is my favorite one. I'm enjoying one. so much the joy that's radiating off of you right now. I just really <laughs> just keep talking. I just love that. I love it so much. It's a, just a moment that says everything. Yeah. Just a Koye <laughs> throws a spear through an SUV after dissing guns. That's great. Okay. <laughs> um, my number three best moment is uh, from Mar- uh, from the Avengers when uh, during the Battle of New York when. Uh, it's when the cop asks Captain America, why should we take orders from you? Do you remember? Yeah. Yeah. And then he defeats like three attacking aliens at that moment, and the cop, without a beat, turns around and just repeats exactly what he said to do. <laughs> it was just, it's not even so much the implicity that, oh, he's a good fighter, so we should... Obviously, he's a great strategist, and he knows the way I should do it. But I just love it because they don't never seen this guy. What, what do you? Why should we take orders from you? But then it's just the very action of turning around. He's like, "Well, yeah, sold. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna do this." Yeah, I love that so much. Okay, my number two, top mm-hmm. moment, is my favorite canted angle in all of cinema. <laughs> it's in Iron Man, when. Uh, 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 Obadiah Stane has taken Tony Stark's heart oh, out. Oh, yes. And then Tony Stark's lying back on the couch and he's slowly dying. And Obadiah leans over him to be face to face and he knows he's completely mastered him. And then the, the camera angle can'ts. So now that they're, they're vertical in the frame. Yeah. It's just that moment, that, that visual. It, that, that's a great scene all around. That was in my. Favorite one of my yeah favorite non-action scene contenders as well. It's it's a great scene. It's a great dynamic. It's a great turning point yeah. in the in the plot. It's a great dynamic between the two characters. Both actors are doing great mm-hmm. work in that scene, and then uh, just the way that canted angle like it's comic booky. Yeah, it's it's like it's like calling back to the Batman TV show, uh, and it's it's like expressing the power dynamic right. change. Uh, in that in that moment, it's like doing a lot of yeah. work in one camera. Exactly, move. doing a lot of work. That's that's a great way to put that. Um, I also it also comes with a great line where I think the the writer really gets into everything he hates about Hollywood. Where he says, "Did you really think that just because you had an idea, it belonged to you?" <laughs> 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 it's also a great line. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful choice. And I want to go watch that again now. My and I, I my second favorite moment is um, also a shot that basically had everything I ever wanted to see. And I, I guess Endgame did this a lot too. Now, 
but I can't really focus on one of those right now. Uh, I just I remember the first time I saw Captain America Civil War, and there's a shot during the battle, the airport battle, where Cap and Bucky are running toward camera, and Giant Man is in the background. I always love the thing where you just see his feet like behind other things yeah. happening but giant man's in the background the camera's handheld and it pans up and refocuses on giant man as spider-man is crawling up giant spider-man giant man's legs goes around the backside and um giant man is swatting at uh war machine in the air flying in the air it's so much going on yeah. where it's just like they're 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 running and then you just kind of pan up to see this thing all happening at once it was really cool it just that that was like oh they finally done it they finally made these the way i always saw it mm. not just thing happens mm-hmm. thing happens thing happens it's like everything's right. happening but yet i can take right. it all in and it's and it's, and it's fluid yeah. and yeah and you can make sense of it yeah 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 yeah, yeah. it's the making sense of okay. it part that really is so vital because not just a bunch of shit happening in the air. I can actually track right. it all, and it's really great. Yeah, it's, I mean, it. This is the thing with the chopped up action scenes mm-hmm. and the the shaky cam, right. and it, it's a, like the, things are more dramatic when you understand the space that they're occupying in. You know, what, what was I watching recently? Was it the Blues Brothers? Uh, um. I've always been thinking a lot about car chases recently and how, for probably several reasons for this, but like, you know, they're all cut really fast, really chopped, really thinking, just jumping everywhere. But like, when was the last time you saw an action, a car chase where the camera was high up and stayed on long takes and you just watched the, you could track the cars weaving in and out of things and seeing where they're going, where they're going to go. Baby Driver does that. Oh, yeah, Baby Driver does that, too. Yeah, so, yeah, it's that kind of thing. So, like, um, yeah, I miss that. I like being, I like, when you see a car chase and you're like, I like seeing how it's a, how it's a, it's a, it's not just the experience of rumbling in a car, but rather seeing, seeing how, seeing the whole road, seeing all the things in it and watching it do this, these wonderful, you know, these magical things the gauntlet that it has to go through, that sort of thing. I just really, yeah. I'm really excited by that. You don't see that much. Uh, I, how much of the Fast and Furious franchise have you seen? I worked on most of them. <laughs> I don't need to see them. <laughs> but have you seen them? For the most part, yeah. Okay. Just checking. Because it would be dangerous to comment on the modern state of car chases without... True. I haven't. I've only seen one. No, I've seen two. Um but I wouldn't, I wouldn't dare to comment on <laughs> how car chases are shot without having seen all of them. Okay. My number one moment. Mm-hmm. This is from Endgame. And it's Captain America Stands Alone. Yeah. It's that moment. looks like a Raphael painting. Yeah. With the, 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 the sky, the orange, pink, yeah. glowing sky with the dark clouds rolling. Amid the the wasteland, as the carnage of the airstrike and mm-hmm. the opposing army rolling in, impossible odds, and Captain America grits his teeth and he stands up and he faces <laughs> it. Yeah, 
and you think this is going to be his last stand and this is where yeah. he dies right? right but then you get on your left yeah and so you even get the big payoff coming out of it but just that moment where he's like i'm going to stand up because i got to yeah and i'm yeah. going to face him down because there's no other choice to make and just that just that scene just like in the way it's composed yeah. it's like it's this apocalyptic image that's the moment that's the moment yeah I remember when I saw it the second time, I thought, how did I miss this the first time? Like, I didn't remember it. I, oh. I, it, it doesn't stay on there very long. And I was like... It's I, very short. And I go, I want, like, a, I really want a screenshot of this just to be able to stare at it for a very long time. I, I want that poster. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. It's a beautiful thing, yeah. I, my number one moment is uh, from Age of Ultron. No! Oh. <laughs> It's it's Thor's reaction to Cap budging Mjolnir. Oh, okay. It's, uh, part, it's, All right. It it it, it had everything the... I wanted. Uh, uh, just, just that that little and then just just his face going for that big smile to uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's hands down my favorite thing, which of course paid off. Uh, I didn't actually really. I actually didn't really care for the I knew it part. <laughs> It, but that was unnecessary. That was unnecessary. I think it was just fine. Uh, that that kind of felt like in the Seinfeld finale where he said, "Jerry, I cheated on the test, on the, on the, you know, or cheated on the on the bet." You know, it didn't yeah, didn't really need the callback. I already was thinking about it. I'm surprised that Cap didn't know how to how to summon lightning with it. Kind of makes me wonder if he kind of took it every now and again from Thor. <laughs> <I was> practicing. <laughs> practicing. Because, uh, now it just—I just read an article the other day that said that I think Kevin Feige—I don't remember if it was on a interview or whatever—but he, he he confirmed how what he believes. They're basically saying was Cap always worthy enough, or did he become worthy in that moment in this during Endgame? I I it, saw this. This, this is stupid. Dumb. Ignoring this. Okay, never mind. But yeah, it's just like uh, go ahead and yeah. say it in case people don't know. Well, as far as Feige said, he goes, "Oh, he always knew he was worthy. He just, or he always had been worthy, and he was didn't lift Mjolnir to be polite <laughs> to Thor." Which, you know, I I kind of always thought the same thing too. But again, it didn't need to be said. No, it didn't need to be said. But I, yeah, I I loved I just love the fact that he just kind of barely moved to show that he's he's worthy. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's all you needed, right? Which made it pretty lame that the Vision could pick it up, but whatever. No, I actually really love that. Was one of my contenders for moments uh, because I thought that was cheap. Oh, I I thought that was actually a brilliant way to get them to trust Vision. Well, it served that purpose, right? Yeah. Where they're just like it's like it was it, economical. It was economical. Yeah, and then they, and then they think <laughs> well yeah, we. We got proof we could trust them, but then they, they would sit there and say, uh, so if you put Mjolnir in an elevator, <laughs> the elevator still go, it goes up. Elevator's not worthy. <laughs> they're challenging how it, they're teasing Thor about challenging, well, he's just a machine, right? So he's, no, doesn't mean this. However, machines can't move Mjolnir. Oh, actually, actually. Just real quick, I won't, this isn't a special mention, but it's a new category. It's a, I don't know if it's a good or bad moment. Okay. It's, it's, from, right. Age of, it's from Age of Ultron when 
the scene shows everyone that says, Avengers, grab what you need. So they cut this montage of uh, Hawkeye getting his arrows, you know, Tony suiting up, uh, Black Widow's loading her gun. And then they show Quicksilver grabbing fucking shoes. (laughs) (laughs) I I honestly don't know if that's a great moment or a terrible Uh, one. Yeah, good choice. Okay, I like it. All right. Okay, bottom three. Bottom three. I'll go first. Okay. Um, this isn't a very inspired choice, but I feel this way. Uh, when I, I, I remembered feeling this way when I watched it, and then I felt it all over again when I watched the clip researching uh, the previous installments, which is in the Hulk, Incredible Hulk, um, the first face-off, the big like action battle scene where General Ross is leading the army against uh, against the Hulk. Is that at Culver like, University? Is that where that takes place? Yes, right. Like, call in the choppers. Call in Blonsky. <laughs> but my least favorite moment in that whole scene is call in the Humvees. And then the Humvees just driving over the campus green are like, ram through the air. <laughs> it's just such a dumb action moment. I, I wrote in my notes, it's action dumb. <laughs> It's just like, well, well, the script says Humvees drive at the Hulk. That's hard to make it look exciting. We'll just have them jump a ramp. (laughs) Just have them ramp at the Hulk, exactly. (laughs) There's no reason why the driver would do that. It doesn't help. It hurts. Right. But it looks cool, right? Not really, but... (laughs) We've got to help the scene somehow, so this is what we're going to do. Okay, that's my tired of just shooting tennis balls standing there. We need too much CGI. We need to do something. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, my bottom number th- third from the bottom is um, from Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, as I said before, I thought the whole movie would was really pulling up to them getting Janet Van Dyne. Finding Janet Van Dyne, and um, uh, Janet just walks up to Hank Pym in the quantum realm. Just walks up to him. <laughs> oh, there you are. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go. I just went to the quantum realm, which is beyond even bigger than the universe. And yeah. oh, there you are. <laughs> and she wasn't even like standing in this laboratory when she entered it. She was on a missile in Russia or whatever it was. Right. Right. So it's like, oh, yeah, there you are. I just, yeah. yeah, I just was really just deflating. Yeah, uh, yeah, I had that reaction too. Okay, my number two, Thor the Dark World. <laughs> Thor and Loki have gone to destroy the ether. It seems that Loki has cut off Thor's hand. Is that where we are in the plot? I'm relying on my notes here. Uh, honestly, and I can't even remember that very well. Thor is missing his hand, or at least we think he is, such that when he gets Mjolnir to return to him, Mjolnir goes through the place where his hand was and zooms past. And so it's like a stakes moment where, like, oh, he can't even summon his hammer because he doesn't have his hand to catch it, right? 
But then we find out that this was all a ruse to fool the Dark Elves and that Loki was actually on Thor's side the whole time. Oh. And it was just an illusion. And Thor's hand wasn't cut off. <laughs> so how did Mjolnir go through it? <laughs> yeah. Because it's supposed to return to Thor's hand. They can't. He can't illusion that away. It, it, it returns to Thor's hand. And how does this help them? I don't. I. I this, this whole sojourn of like, it, it's just like, like it's just, it's a twist to fool the audience. But they don't need to fool the dark elves in this in this in this part of the movie. It's just it's just for our sake. It's one of those right. twists that's only for the audience's sake and not for anyone else's sake. Yeah. Anyway, but it's in it's in retrospect. Like, oh, what seemed like a cold moment. Oh, his hands cut off, and now he can't catch Mjolnir. But it turns out he had a hand, and Mjolnir <laughs> returned to his hand. Anyway, it went through his actual hand. So it went through his actual hand. So didn't make didn't the go, whole wow. scene. The whole sequence just ends up making no sense whatsoever. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. All right, my number two. Uh, worst is um, the giant ant still playing the drums in Ant-Man and the Wasp. This is a post-credits tag, and it starts out really creepy because everyone, the TV on, you know, the color bars and because the snap has happened, and then we come to that stupid fucking giant ant playing the stupid fucking drums. I was like, oh, yeah. I mean, I know this was a bummer way to end this light and frilly movie, but uh, you didn't have to end by punching yourself in the nuts. Yeah, I totally, I, I totally agree. I hated, I hated that yeah, moment. I hated it more than anything, yeah. All right. I, I wasn't on board with the giant ant wearing his collar anyway. I thought that was a stupid gag. It really was. And then to do that after half the universe is murdered. <laughs> right. It's like, ugh. All right. Uh, my number one, I've already, I've already talked about this one. It's Ultron listening to the Maximoff siblings <laughs> describe why they hate the Avengers <laughs> and a show... To, for a, a character that feels no empathy and for which we can feel no empathy as an audience, to show its empathy bends its head all the way to the side <laughs> while listening to the story of their tragedy. Because that's what humans do. Uh, anyway, okay. <laughs> that's right. I remember that. <sighs> Well, my number one, I guess, isn't that egregious, but I just, at the time, I really felt like it was completely tone deaf, um, is um, Captain America, the first Avenger. It's during the the uh, montage, the battle montage, which actually had a lot of cool stuff that you're like, how come we don't see this stuff in the movie? Wait, what is here? But then it has a big shot that they use in the trailer, I think, that I really hated, which was the... the the Howling Commandos bursting open a door with Captain America in the center, and he rises a pistol and is firing his pistol in all directions. And I was uh, like, I'm like, no, I know Cap's a soldier. I know he's there, and he's killing people, I guess, or hitting them hard enough to do so. But no, I don't like Cap with a gun. 
He's shooting their guns out of their hands. Yeah, there you go. But I just don't like Cap with a gun. I was hard, I was wasn't that happy. I was kind of uncomfortable with it in Avengers when he's using it to fend off people giving Tony time to fix the engine. But that was felt a little better, but I don't know why. I just really didn't yeah. like the glorification of Cap with a gun. I felt it sent the yeah. wrong message. You're right. That's not Cap. That's not Cap. No, okay. And, oh, was that it? We did it. We did all our categories, Wade. We did all our categories. We're Unbelievable. Finishing, we're finishing part three. It's happening. It's, it's happening. All and right. so to pay tribute to what it is we love so much about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, we've talked about what matters is the characters that we love spending time with them. We love the relationships among them. We miss them when they're gone. We're, we cheer when they come back. If I may, to spend another couple minutes, I would like to give Siggy's tribute to the characters of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Will you, will you I, hold my hand as we go through this? Okay. I, All right. I will hold your hand. Thanks. You'll be my raccoon. I'll be your nebula. <laughs> okay. Which character are you most likely to point out to your bartender? Rumlow. Rum low. Which character is also the point at which you should end your pub crawl? Barten. <laughs> which character would look most at home in a film noir? Low key. Which hero do you call when updating your magazine subscription form? Maximoff. Which character's lust for revenge is like a certain monster's lust for blood? Drax. Who <laughs> <coughs> oh boy. Which character is like the charity that donates winter coats to the family of Emilio Estevez? <laughs> War Machine. Which character is like the feeling you have when you've invited a Toyota Sienna over for dinner? <laughs> Hope Van Dyne. All of that was worth it for that one. Which character is like the South after they failed to secede from the Union? <laughs> Captain America. Which character is like... What you would hear said at the opening of the Supreme Court case, Groot v. Treebeard. Oak Oye. Which character is like the Australian Prime Minister who outlawed the Department of Philosophy at the University of Wallamaloo? Bruce Banner. And oh, my neck hurts. Finally, which character's demeanor describes a section of the song Reelin' in the Years? Steely Danvers. <laughs> wow. And that, dear listeners, is my tribute to the characters of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And you guys can send your tri tributes to us <laughs> at... Did you watch it wrong? <laughs> Facebook page. It's there. We put posts on there whenever we have a new episode. I think one other time we've had one other kind of post on there, but you could put a post on there and then we would see it. Or you can comment on there. 
Uh, we have a little more activity on our Twitter feed. You watch it wrong. That's the letter U because of a character limit or something. You watch it wrong <laughs> on Twitter. Tweet us. Give us a tweet. Or email us because we like the personal touch at you watched it wrong. All spelled out, no spaces, at happypanic.net. Or rate us on iTunes. We would love to be loved. Well, the MCU uh, was a great journey. Thank you for taking it with us. Thank you as well. And if you walked out of the theater as soon as Thor beheaded Thanos thinking the movie was over, you watched it wrong. credit sequence. (laughs) (laughs) You waited. You waited an extra five minutes after the end of that for this. (laughs) So now it's time to pay it off. All right. You're not going to really make them wait five minutes, are you? (laughs) No. Okay, good. Five seconds. Five seconds. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. We'll see what, what the spirit takes me when I'm editing. Okay. Um, but since you, we figured Marvel discussion needs a, po- needs, needs a post-credit stinger, here we are. Here's our top three and bottom three post-credit or mid-credit scenes. Here we go. All right. I'm just calling them all stingers because I don't make a distinction between mid-credit and post-credit. To me, they're all just post-movie. <laughs> well, for the hair splitters out there, post and mid. <laughs> okay. All right. Top three. I'll go first. You go. Groot dancing. Oh. You like a good play dance, huh? You get to see him sacrifice himself, and then you get the, ah, moment of like, (laughs) oh, there's still a sproutling, and oh, he's cute. (laughs) I do miss adult Groot. I'd like to see adult Groot again. I do, too. He's the one who we fell in love with. I do love teenage Groot, though, but... Teenage Groot is... It was... A, a gag, it worked for a few scenes, and now it's gone on too long for me. Anyway. Yeah, I'd like to see a Dolph But uh, I liked group dancing. Okay, that's my, my three. My number three is from Ant-Man. It's the reveal of the wasp costume, and it's about damn time. That's my number three. Nice. It was one of those things that we all we were all thinking it. <laughs> <laughs> and she said it. All right. <laughs> Uh, and Evangeline Lilly's uh, a very good action star. Yeah, she is. Maybe they should send her on a trip with... Uh, Brie Larson. <laughs> what's her name? <laughs> well, we don't need to do Brie bashing right now. So Brie Larson. No, I like name? Brie Larson. I'm not bashing her. <laughs> I'm just know. saying... Well, it's, it's like me. Like I Take some tips from Evangeline Lilly on how to do action scenes. <laughs> Hey, I would love to be in an action scene. I'm sure I would not look very good in an action no, scene. No, I wouldn't either. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. I didn't get cast in one either. Okay, all right. My number two. The Captain America anti-stinger from the end oh, of... Oh, yes. That's very Spider-Man nice. Homecoming. It doesn't even, like... I don't even know what continuity we're in when we're watching that. Like, we're outside... We're out... It's a meta... It's a meta stinger. It's a meta moment. Well, he's in his... Um, it's... Avengers... Uh, outfit. So presumably it happened after the Battle of New York. He's in so his Avengers it, era bad outfit. Is this Captain America I'm seeing, or is this Chris Evans I'm seeing <laughs> talking to me right now? I can't. 
I don't know who, how I'm being addressed or in what context. It doesn't make any... He's aware the fourth wall is broken. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. It was funny. It's very funny. It's very funny. Uh, my number two is um, the original Stinger from Iron Man. It's Nick Fury showing up, uh, talking about the Avengers Initiative. Electric feeling in the theater when that happened. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. And I did not stick around for it. I did not know because I was in... I, I like to sit through the credits for any old movie. Not everyone in my family agrees with that. <laughs> yeah. um, but thanks to the MCU, now it's obligatory. Cause, <laughs> especially if it's comedy, of any kind of comedy, yeah. then you got to watch the credits because there's going to be something. something. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to do my number one. I think this is an undisputed, the undisputed champ is the Avengers eating shawarma. Yes. I almost... I almost put that in there. That was yeah. going to be in my top moments. I'm like, oh, wait, no. If we do our own stingers category, I can stick it in there. Right, right, right. Yeah. It's a good... It's a great... It's it's such a wonderful... It's just... They're, it's, yeah. they're a family. They're family. Exactly. And they're tired and they're hungry. <laughs> <laughs> And just like all the, the body language in the scene, you know? Yeah. Flint's got his leg up on the back of Natasha's chair, if I remember right. Yeah. Uh, and just like just eating quietly. And there's a the guy working there is just yeah, sweeping just in the back. Just sweeping up the, the, the devastation in the back. Because it's New York, you know? You yeah. just get back to work. Uh, Evan, Chris Evans yeah. tells something about that scene is that he was shooting another movie where he had a full beard. And they that was a reshoot. Where they said, "Hey, why don't we just do that thing where they have the short?" And they, so they pulled that together real quick, just to do it. But they, um, cat, uh, Steve, he couldn't. Have you, do you know this story? <laughs> he couldn't no. um, uh, shave his beard because he was doing another movie. So they had makeup, 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 prosthetic to cover his his beard. But they said he looked like he said I looked like I, I had an allergy to bee stings and I got attacked by a hive. Yeah. Why did so, they just use a body double and have his back to the camera? So that's why when you see him sitting there, he's got his fist, his head on his fist. He's covering his uh, makeup job, and he's just when you look at him, he's just like this. That's why he's like that because he's. You can kind of see if you look around the edges of the neck that he's got something going on there, some bulge. But the, he's covering up the, how bad the makeup. They couldn't get it to look right. <laughs> Which, how <laughs> could you? <laughs> All right, my number one. It's literally my favorite. I mean, there was no question in my mind to me which one is my favorite, is the best uh, thing to me, which was from Spider-Man Homecoming. It was... Ah, uh, uh, yeah, it's it a was good one. Tombs meeting Matt Gargan in prison. Not only do I get the scorpion back, because I love the scorpion... Not the only do I get him back, but that scene is so is is so needed to show what kind of character Adrian Toomes is. Like he could mm -hmm. totally get, but like just the fact that he doesn't give him up is just says so much, and I just I really love it. It's because he was never doing it right. Unlike unlike. Most spider villains from the comics. He wasn't doing it just because he was anti Spider Man. Right, right. <laughs> His whole right. mission wasn't just to get Spider Man. He was about protecting his own. Right. You know, 
Adrian Toomes is about protecting his own, taking care of his family, taking care of the people who work with him. You know, Unless you need to vaporize like, him. <laughs> well, right. But we did think a, it was like, the phrase right. It's out of a sense of loyalty, you know, that yeah. like drives him as much as anything, and yeah. um, uh, and like a sense of aggrieved um, sense of justice. Right. But yeah. yeah, good choice. Okay, worst three, worst three stingers. I know what your, I think I know what your number one is gonna be. Um, <laughs> my number three. Yeah. My number three is uh, is from Guardians of the Galaxy Part Two. But it's, uh, I don't remember which character it was, but it's the guy, or what his name is, it's the guy practicing with John Doe's arrow. We've seen John Doe die. Oh, 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 okay. Right? And John Doe's arrow was always kind of a weird gag to me anyway. I was never, I never quite knew how I felt about it, but like seeing someone else practicing with his arrow just felt wrong. It felt like a violation. Like nobody else, nobody else should get his arrow. <laughs> He's dead. This is like a disservice to his memory and the sacrifice he made in this movie. And now somebody else gets to play with his arrow? No. And then you're like, what's he do? Poke himself in the butt with it or something stupid like that? <laughs> We've seen the arrow fly through tons of soldiers. <laughs> it doesn't go through his butt. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I didn't like that at all. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know, I'm still deciding between my top, my number three. Uh, I think they're both kind of whiffs. I'm gonna go with this one. Um, uh, is Peter in in a, in a Cap Captain America Civil War? Is Peter inspecting his web shooters? Uh, they're, they're teeing up Spider-Man: Homecoming, but it's just a nothing scene, and I don't know why he would need a hologram, a something projecting his face on something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the spider signal. Yeah, uh, it was kind of it was a, just a whiff for me. It was, I didn't, I didn't really care for it. It was kind of like you know Thanos grabbing the gauntlet out of storage at the end of Age of Ultron. They're just kind of like, all right, I, this this is just here's a thing. Here's a thing. Right. Here's a thing. Yeah. right. Well, if you're gonna take the time to make me sit around, give me something meaty, you know. So yeah. Your number two. Uh, yeah, okay. My number two is uh, Howard the Duck appearing at the end of Guardians really? of the Galaxy Volume 1. I mean, it's just like we've already got Laika and <laughs> I don't know. It's like he's Cosmos. drinking a martini. Like, why is why is, why is the collector <laughs> fixing him martinis? Like, it just seemed like, hey, remember Howard the Duck? That's, that's all that. <laughs> Apparently, Howard the Duck That's is in the main was. battle scene at the end of Endgame somewhere. Like he's Get in out there. Of here. No, he's apparently he's in there for like a couple of seconds. Really? Okay. I haven't I seen have him yet. That. But he's apparently in there. But I don't. As much as I love like the how the MCU is all over the place and the the tone is kind of wild, I don't need Howard the Duck in the <laughs> MCU. I'm sorry. I I just did, don't. I I thought it had a fitting. If it was going to be there, I thought that was a nice fitting place for it right there. But not, I don't know, the fact that he's an in-game, I don't know how I feel about that. But uh, the other one I didn't mind. But yeah, tone, yeah, I can see how tonally it's a bit weird. <laughs> and don't we know that putting Howard the Duck in a movie is a curse? <laughs> like they were playing with fire They there. were playing like, with fire. Yeah. 
My my number two. So now, my number two has now covered all. Well, no. Almost all. No, I, this, that was from Guardians One. I'm sorry. Well, uh, I was going to say we almost got all the post credit sequences from Guardians Two, but no, well, there's like seven of them. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mine's number two. Uh, my number two is from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. It's the montage of Stockar Ogord assembling his old team. I thought this would be your number one. <laughs> I, you know. And I have to admit, it, all those things looked very cool and exciting. They had a lot of great actors and a lot of great things. But I'm just like, but wait, I don't know who any of these people are. I don't, I'm sure they're probably references to some other characters, but the, the some MCU characters. But what the fuck is going on? I know. <laughs> it, was, a- it was overwhelming about how much they were showing us and how little we were getting. I liked it because it was over the top. Right, I didn't didn't something. I, I bet they I bet they all die in the first like scene of <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. I hope so. I hope so. I hope they're just all mauled out. Someone had said something like that they thought we were going to try to spin off a whole other franchise with all of them. <laughs> and I was like, well, this is a pretty lame way to launch it. Uh. Well, I wonder what's going to top that for you. My number one is the ant playing the drums. You uh, stole my thunder there my, by putting my, it in the wrong category. <laughs> Sorry. That pre-existed this category. We well, had it's a funny. category for stingers. You're supposed to move it into there. My right. number one is also the that giant ant playing the guns. You could have got one of your other moments. <laughs> you wouldn't have to do top fives. Okay. Anyway. Ant uh, playing the drums. Ant playing the one. drums is mine too. Oh, okay. Oh, you double dipped. I double dipped because that one is just that bad. It is. It's really bad. <laughs> Can't win them all. Though they're doing pretty good at it. Well, wait. I did, we've already done our sign-off. I don't know what to do now. It's like we're adrift in space. Well, you know... Uh, the end oxygen of, running out. Part of the journey is the end. And the end of every podcast is inevitable. <laughs> all right. That's Lame. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>